Let light one candle and take them the curse of darkness. Although sometimes you go straight in the darkness to see the stars. Welcome to the sanatorium. Now show me your stars. Perth and has just appeared in anticipation, had a huge role and a very meaning, uh, a meaningful role as well. And uh, this guy is also doing a lot. He's taken over Paul Mac. He's doing some stuff down south. We're going to get into it. I'm going to uh, introduce you right now to a great bloke, Kelvin Whitwell. Play the music. my friend uh very good joy did i say i did say that right didn't you I? did say that right yeah. uh thank you very much for having me on your wonderful little podcast i had a friend called michael withwell and it was it was spelt the same but he'd say withwell but yeah mate um welcome to stacks no worries it's bloody good to be here we traveled up from down south today massive trek for you it is mate but i've been looking forward to this um when you first got hold of me and Asked if I'd be keen to come up and have a bit of a chat to you. Well, the reason I, I sort of headhunt people these days. Yep. And when I when I say that, it's like I, I can sort of people that I, I know have stuff to talk about that's doing things. And of course, on Stacks, we are like a bit of a musical podcast because we are both are immersed in that world. But it's good to find out a little bit more about the stuff that oh, we all see Kelvin out at a music show. But we're, we're going to find out a little bit more about you, mate. What makes you tick? What makes you laugh? 
things you hate, you know, so... 100%. <laughs> uh, I'm really looking forward to this, Jaya, so um, I suppose we should begin. Where would you like me to start? Well, tell me, whereabouts... Did you grow up in WA, mate? I have grown up in WA. I was born in Harvey. Um, my parents moved to a small beach town called Mylup when I was about five years old. Beautiful Mylup Beach. And, um, yeah, that. I've yeah. been very blessed to grow up along with my two brothers right on the beach, on the beach down south. Here in WA. Didn't grow any oranges down that way, mate. Oh, we've had, we've had a fair bit to do with the oranges. Um, <laughs> uh, for anyone that doesn't know, Harvey's uh, Harvey Fresh. Oh, 100%. Yeah, well, it's, I... uh, a lot of dairy, a lot of oranges. It's a beautiful place. God's country down that way, mate. And I actually run the heavy metal fruit van when I'm uh, when I'm when my when my. Oh, sorry, mate. Can we start again? Yeah, yeah. I got a bit nervous. Is that cool? <laughs> no, nah, you're all right. No, cool. just keep rolling. Keep this rolling. is the beauty of a podcast. There's yeah, no yeah, rules. Yeah, cool. It's cool. all good. So. No Tell worries. me about this heavy metal van. Yeah, well, radio. Um, basically, my job, my day job, is I'm a driller's offsider. I work for Australian Water Boring. Beautiful. Uh, but uh, during the winter, my job goes really quiet because when the water starts falling from the sky, everybody puts their wallets away. Yep. So I've started, me and my mum uh, started helping an older fella out in Harvey, speaking of the fruit. Um, he grows a lot of good Harvey fruits. Uh, me and my mum pick it and we started uh, selling it out of this old hippie van on the side of the road awesome. towards Mandra. And uh, to get customers, I build it as the heavy metal van. So I would have people coming from all over the place to, to talk to me about music more than anything, but they'd always buy some of that good Harvey citrus fruit. So you had heavy metal painted on the side of the van? We didn't, know. no. It was basically just, uh, just I am metal ed. Uh, I, I run Global Metal Machine. A lot of people know me from the radio. Mm -hmm. And basically, um, we just built it as the heavy metal van when it started, and it sort of took off. Like, um, That's really cool. People would come and talk to me about music more than anything else. So. How recent was that? Uh, we do it every year. So, so you're still doing it? You go down and spend time in the van we certainly with, you, do. with your mum? Yeah, yeah with your mum. Well, the reason why we do it, um, I love my mum. I'm very blessed. Uh, she's also... One of my very best friends. That's she's great. one of my biggest supporters. Yep. And uh, I look at it as a little bonding exercise. And she's got to listen to my heavy metal jibber jabber as well. So. <laughs> does she? Does she? How'd she go with the metal music? She likes it or? Oh, she really not a does. Massive fan. Nah, my mum is a massive fan. Uh, we'll talk a little about a little bit about the Stop the Violence shows and the other stuff that I do. Yep. My mother is actually always a big part of everything that I do. Uh, she loves the heavy metal music and she's been known to get up the front and throw down the horns and have a bit of a headbang herself. So. So, so let's we'll get into that while you're here. You, the, one of the, the, the bigger things you're doing right now is this Stop the Violence um, show. And it's usually a metal show, isn't it? Like the, and the last one was in Bunbury, is that correct? Yes, well basically um, I'm wearing the Stop the Violence Six Sunflowers for Kara shirt right here. Yeah. Um, earlier on in the year we put on this festival, but I'll tell you a little bit about how the Stop the Violence Festival Can you tell us started. A, yeah, tell us a little bit about Kara too. I will, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will. Well basically in 2016 I decided to put on my first anti-violence festival, raising money and awareness for victims of domestic violence. And it started as solely a heavy metal show in the back room at the Burley in Bunbury. Um, and it started as a rolling mini festival. Every three months, uh, or every 12 weeks, I would have another one of these uh, anti-violence festivals coming up. And basically, um, we got a lot of support, a lot of people got behind it. Uh, we brought it to Perth um, uh, in 2017, I believe, and had a really successful show 
up here, but then after we done Stop the Violence 5, which was the Perth and Bunbury double header, um, something quite tragic happened and uh, we lost Cara Hales, who is a very, very good friend of mine. Cara is the closest thing that I have ever, ever had to a sister. Uh, she's the closest person that my mother has ever had to a daughter and she is the best friend of my little brother. Um, Cara actually left Bunbury to escape a domestic violence situation after the perpetrator uh, was granted um, parole and was being released in Bunbury, knowing where Cara and Cara's mother lived. Cara made the rational or ir irrational decision through fear to go into a safe house here in Perth. She was in Perth for about three weeks, maybe about three and a half weeks. She got a part-time job and she'd only just gotten back to the safe house and there was a knock on her door at about 12 o'clock and when she answered the door, um, Cara was tragically murdered by a stranger. Oh, no. Um, he was... Um, but so no one... Oh, sorry, he didn't know her. Complete it, random. Yes, um, the thing is, Jai, um, Cara... Um, had never met this guy. He was an absolute stranger. He was checked out of Greyland's um, mental institution earlier that day and um, took Cara's life um, at about 12 o'clock um, on that tragic day. But um, the thing is, Jai, why this is quite hard for me to talk about, although this guy was a stranger to Cara... Um, him and his family are actually from Mile-Up and I grew up with his dad who lives two houses from me and my parents in Mile-Up. So oh, wow. me and my family not only um, were really traumatised by what had happened to Cara, somebody we truly loved, but we also know the perpetrator, the guy who took Cara's life. Wow. And the irony is that Cara had never met this guy in her life. Yeah. And um, something happened to me when all this happened. Um, it sent my head into a real spin. Um, I couldn't listen to heavy metal music anymore. Um, I, I, I booked back into some counselling. I know now it's um, due to the blood and gore aspect of a lot of the music that I do listen to. Uh, there was a, a while there where I just wasn't able to bring myself to, to listen to the stuff that's got me through so many difficult times. Um, I couldn't listen to music at all for about three months. And then it come to me uh, one dreaded day through my grief and through my family's grief that I realised if I was ever going to do another show, it had to be dedicated to Cara and it had to be um, more about the music Cara would have wanted on the bill. So basically I've gotten hold of the ten, first ten bands I got hold of to play Stop the Violence 6 were 10 of Cara's favourite Western Australian bands. Awesome. And um, basically I put the show together to help us all work through a grieving process. I got my brother, my brother's girlfriend and a lot of people, even Cara's mother was involved in organising the show. It was solely to help us deal with the grief and to get through this really difficult situation. Yep. But look, all the bands got behind it. Last year, I think it was um, June the 29th in Bunbury, we had 30 bands on three stages um, at the Burlington in Bunbury uh, covering all genres, 
um, and, and it was nearly a $10,000 night. We managed to cover all costs and we raised $3,500 for Relationships Australia. So Good on you. that is a little bit about um, Stop the Violence 6 and how Sunflowers for Cara come together. That connection that you just said is, is very similar in a lot of ways to the connection of your part in anticipation, how you knew he was your brother it was, but you know, the tragedy and that. Like, Look, did, jo- did you speak to Pete and tell him the story? And is this how this come about jo, with this, your character? This or? is quite amazing, Joy. Um, I'm enjoying this talk because it's not very often, unless I'm talking to counsellors or close family members, um, that I get to open up about these sorts of situations. Yeah. So, um, um, this means the world. But, but look, what happened in 2018? Um, I'll start talking a little bit shortly about my past and and how I got to where I am now and what I'm doing now. But there's a few characters that are really linked into my story. And in 2018, last year, um, after I'd been asked to play the radio DJ, Andrew Devlick, in the feature film Anticipation, well, two things happen. In March of 2018, only a week or so before filming one of my pivotal scenes, um, my co-host and founding member of um, Global Metal Machine, Dino the Dinosaur Edwards, wasn't feeling well and he went and had a lie down. He's um, younger than me, he's about 38, 38 when he passed away and he never woke up. Uh, they've done they've done two aut- autopsies and um, the results have come back inconclusive um, both times. So um, Dino passed away, was very healthy, was in a really... Uh, good stage of his life, but basically um, I was filming a scene of mine uh, the week after Dino passed away, so I was grieving quite heavily. Spoke to Pete about it. Glenn, who's one of my best mates, uh, he plays a lead character. He knew exactly the sort of trauma that was going on in my personal life, so he'd been open with Pete. But then towards the end of the year, um, before I was about to film... uh, the train scene, actually, where I where I pulled Glenn off the tracks um, the day before uh, we filmed that um, was when Kara's life was taken. So, so basically, the two scenes um, that I'm really part of in the movie, I'd lost two of the closest people and biggest supporters of everything I do in 2018. And for anybody that's watched all the credits through in anticipation. I don't know if you guys noticed, but at the end, uh, the whole movie—the whole movie—is dedicated in loving memory to Dino the Dinosaur Edwards and Cara Stella Hales, and um, and that was all Pete's doing. Like Pete, he is an incredible individual. I got nothing but admiration and respect for him. Um, out of everybody he could have dedicated that movie to, he's seen uh, the pain that I was going through, and Glenn also, who knew both of these people. And, um, and the movie's been dedicated to them. So my character um, is quite freakily on par to um, with a lot of things that were going on in my personal life at the time. You can see in the, in the performance that you did, it was so genuine. I mean, there was yours, your, I mean, oh, the whole movie. The, I mean, everyone did such a good job you know it's freakish actually but you could see when you were delivering some lines I knew there was something going on but I had no idea like this is this is the first I've heard of it so it's amazing mate like it's yeah well um the train scene where I 
where Lenny walks off stage and um, and I follow him out and actually pull him off the I, tracks. I, yeah, I don't want to give away. We'll, we'll keep. To, oh, like, yep, we'll yep. let that bit out about yep. off the tracks, but we won't give away the little hook there because. I I knew a lot about that movie, and yeah. then that just blew my doors off because I was like, "Wow, I wasn't expecting that." One hundred percent. So we'll try not to we, give we, that spoiler. We won't, we won't give away the spoiler. Yeah, because we, for me, that's a real pivotal part of the film. Where I was going with that though was basically, um, there's one little part there where it does come across really real, and because me and Glenn had just found out about Kara's death, we were both in um quite fragile headspaces at the time and if it wasn't for our headspace being in that fragile state of mind, um, I think that's really played off to the parts. That's it's, it's genuine, it's real. So, But you've got to get along, you've got to see the movie. I'm really bloody excited about it. You're in it too, Joy, you do a bloody great job. Oh, I had a, uh, actually, I'd done a lot of filming and the character arc that I had was supposed to be completely different and when the movie took that left turn, that character arc for me got dropped a bit, but t- totally understandable. You know what I mean? The way it went, I kind of didn't really even need to be in that film actually because it kind of it didn't. The, the character arc I had was I was Lenny's nemesis, and I was giving Lenny a hard time the whole time, and he went and done some things, and I was like always there, just going, "Mate, what the fuck are you doing? Get out!" You know, sort of thing, and gave him a hard time. But the way it turned and become the story that it did. I think is so much better. You know what I mean? The way it, but he could do a miniseries is so much footage. Oh, one hundred percent. It's an, <laughs> it's an emotional roller coaster ride. Um, I'm really excited that um, it's coming down south. We're going to have a screening on the Bustledon Cinemas next Saturday. Yep. So I'm really excited about that. We've got a lot of people coming along. I've got a lot of family and friends coming along. So quite exciting times, but very proud to be a part of anticipation and in all honesty with everything that was going on in my personal life, it was thing, it was being part of things that were as incredible as anticipation that got me through those times. How did, help, how, did that help? 100%. To, to, I mean, they do say like with grief, I mean, I, I lost my brother a, a little while ago and 41 dropped in front of his family, I mean, and for me... I, I kind of handled it my own way, which was just get on with life, you know, and, and not... I guess I've just shelved it, you know what I mean? But they say by talking about it or, or, or there's there's having people around you as you go through motions is really beneficial. And I suppose, although it's touching a raw nerve delivering some of those lines, it might have been completely therapeutical as well. So... Yeah. Yeah. And I, it I've definitely to, was, I've, yeah. From what I'm hearing, I think that was part of the case with yourself so oh 100% like in uh, especially 2018 um had so many incredible things happening you know but with losing those two very important people in my life it was tarnished by grief yep. but 2019 has just really flourished for me and um being part of anticipation definitely got me through those dark times to bring me into a really light period in my life where I could not be happier at the moment, Joe. I've got some really good stuff going on. That's great, mate. And I suppose the, there's always a positive and even in the darkest moments you can find that little bit of positive and I guess the positive for you is the resolve that you've got now. I mean, having gone through that, which is pretty traumatic, to come out of that and knowing now how how you'll deal with things like that in the future. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I'm definitely... Uh, 
like I said, uh, it's, it's cliche, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's and true. I'm honestly, um, I believe that me as a person, uh, every aspect of who I am now is, um, uh, I've, I've built up a lot of strength, a lot of inner strength, and um, I'm really positive about the next couple of years. And you're, some... you're surrounded by really good people, I think, too. Like it, we we didn't really get to know each other throughout the filming process because we're sort of pulled in different directions but one observation I made was that you've always got a couple of good mates around you which is you know you'd hate to do it on your own you know you'd hate to do anything on your own it's always even myself I love just having those guys around me that you know you do things and it's very blokey to have another mate sometimes you know like around you that's just just there for you especially even if it's just punching in the arm one hundred percent. Look, I'm blessed to have the support network that I have got. Uh, not just my family, my friends. Um, I've got uh, uh, some mentors that have really helped me through some difficult times, and uh, many of them are going to be coming along to see me on the big screen down there in Bustle. I bet you're pumped too because it's like your hometown. All your mates are coming. So oh, big time! And you've got a massive role. I was actually quite surprised when I seen the beginning and the way that your role and just some of the lines just went awesome. Definitely. And you, you, you're so. You on camera, like I, I look at myself and I go, oh, "Christ, I'm, I'm not an actor." You know what I mean? But, and later on, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a bit of an insight of to a, a, a movie that I've been writing that I'm going to collaborate with Pete later on down the track. But cool, if if it happens. But, um, there's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm more of a producer, a bit like that with the music too. More of a producer, I like to sort of produce and, and do all that kind of stuff as well. But, so you've got. You've, you've been doing anticipation. You've, you've been putting these music gigs together. What else is happening in a day-to-day life in in uh, in Kelvin? What, what's uh... basically look? There's a couple of um, really good things that are happening. Yep. Uh, just quickly, I just got to quickly touch on Dino that I mentioned earlier that, and mate. Global yeah. Metal Machine. Look, um, the reason how this all started, um, and I've come out of the out of the blocks. All guns blazing uh, since 2014, but I was quite um, in the shadows before then. It was because uh, I went through a near-on 25-year drug addiction, uh, an extensive drug addiction. I was addicted to methamphetamines and heroin. And um, a uh, a lot of the people in my circles did not make it. I had so many friends that took their own life, OD'd, OD'd in my own arms. Um, uh, I'd done everything I could to destroy myself for a long time because um, I didn't really like the person I was. Um, I had confidence issues, self-esteem issues, and I just really pumped a lot of substance into my body over 25 years. And um, and basically why, why I'm mentioning that is in 2008 it all come to a head and I ended up in prison uh, for some quite violent crimes. I'm not proud about it. You can't change the past. But this is a little bit why I am so dedicated to being an anti-violence campaigner these days because I've actually lived it. But in 2008, I just started a four-year prison sentence and early in my sentence, um, it was a blessing because I met Dino the Dinosaur Edwards. And every day in prison, we spoke about our desire to turn our lives around and infiltrate the airways with heavy metal music. We both loved the metal. And, nice. And look, Dino was actually only doing small stints, just petty crimes. But um, 
Uh, he kept coming back so we could keep putting the pieces together for Global Metal Machine. He would do some ridiculous stuff just to come back. He wasn't a criminal. To come back and spend time with me and we continued over about three to four years to put down the foundations for Global Metal Machine. In 2014, we were given our big break on Harvey Community Radio 96.5 FM and uh, we'd done nine pre-recorded shows before going live and um, we actually ended up getting a cult following. We had people listening to us all around WA and Australia and uh, then once we started streaming the show, we had a massive audience in um, Canada, in Norway, all through the UK. I don't even think there's anybody in Harvey that listened to the show. <laughs> um, but it was absolutely phenomenal. Or any, look, anyone outside of Harvey knowing where Harvey was. Well, exactly <laughs> right. But look, it got incredible. And after, six, awesome. after 66 uh, episodes, Dino had to step away from the from the Global Metal Machine spaceship, as we used to call it, to focus on some mental health issues that had resurfaced. Um, unfortunately, by the time Dino was ready to come back, we'd spoke about infiltrating the airwaves again as a, as a two-piece and taking the Global Metal Machine spaceship back to the world. Um, unfortunately, Dino passed away, like I mentioned earlier on. But bring 2019, um, I am blessed to be part of Mush Radio. Uh, we kick off uh, probably early next year and Global Metal Machine is going to continue on uh, Mush Radio and everything that me and Dino put together is going to continue and um, he's still always going to be a big part of this show. He's always going to get mentions, he's going to have his little segments and that's still part of this show. So I'm going to be hitting the airwaves next year. It's, going, it's Western Australia's first internet-based radio station. Awesome. And basically, so that's something that that's taken a lot of my focus at the moment um, because uh, radio is where my heart lies, Jai. Yeah. And I want to I want to promote West Australian music the best I can to uh, to Australia. And on a global scale, because I honestly think we've got the musicians and the talent here to compete on a global scale. So, at- I, I think, mate. Not only that, I, I, I mean, I've toured around Australia and, and played, you know, all over the world. And, and I'll tell you right now that we um, in WA produce because of the competition. I think some of the best music on the planet, and. It's it is sort of known out there, but not widely regarded. Like we all know, like New Orleans music, or you know, you you Seattle for grunge and and all this kind of stuff. Because WA produces so much variety of things, it's kind of not known for one thing. So yes. it's it, but it is known for exceptional music, and especially when you go to the East Coast too, everybody. It's kind of like another country. You remember when you were young and you'd think, oh, like for me, I'd, I'd love to see Alice in Chains. Now, if I lived in Seattle and I went and watched them play at like the lookout every weekend, the 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 allure or the the aura isn't quite as large as if they're far away. Yeah. And, and they're this band that, you know, you, you know, maybe one day you'll get to see. The thing with WA bands is we're, for everybody, we've got that that sort of that, mystique about you know like they can hear us and they wonder oh I'd love to see these guys live but on the same token it's a double-edged sword it's also the biggest problem 
in WA as well is the isolation. It's the best thing about it, and it's right next to it's the worst thing because you can't just go see these bands. You've got to get here, or they've got or they've got a tour. So by doing what you're doing, really helps because people, you know, and then they may take off like it's. If you've ever watched Search for the Sugar Man and you see the impact Rodriguez had in South Africa. Exactly. But in his own backyard, he's just a demolition man. 100%. So so you're sort of helping, you know, who knows, you you might spawn this love of a band in WA in some part of the world and they go gangbusters and then next thing you know they're getting a phone call oh do you want to come and do a small show and you know they rock out to 20 30,000 people or just start filling venues in this place and well that's what the goal is joy and like i said i loved being on harvey community radio but with community radio you've only got a certain frequency we can stream it but with internet radio and as you know with the podcasts we can go out to a much wider wider audience absolutely and look i'm very inspired also by um people like molly meldrum and and real um inspirational promoters and uh, that's what my goal is and through being part of radio mush and some other things that i do have going on at the moment over the next few years um that's where my heart and soul lies. I want to I want to promote and push our Western Australian bands out to the rest of the world and I'll do anything I can to give them a platform to leapfrog them out of this isolation um, so they can get the recognition that they deserve, Jai. Mm. I had uh, Brad and Adam from Canary Radio that were on an earlier podcast and they were thinking down the very same lines and they've developed a website which you can go in and it's got all the feature bands on. When we finish the podcast, we'll try and, and, and put you in contact with these guys because Radio Mush and what they're offering I think could work hand-in-hand hand quite well. And there's there's a few like-minded people like yourself that, you know, you, you can use each other to springboard and come together for this common goal of... Fantastic. You know. And you're right, mate. How many good bands are out there that just, you know... That are, that are battling to get a gig week in, week out because it's just there's no venues here and there's a thousand bands. And the thing is, too, rock and roll is, is part of your education now if you go to a lot of schools. So we're getting this influx of bands just coming through now where back in the 70s they didn't teach it. Yeah, that's you know, exactly right. They didn't, you know, so you, you only had, you know, the, those that kind of decided to do it once they left school and, and they were in their infancy and they really didn't get going until they're 30, you know, and... These young kids are coming out of high school just cooking. They are, and that's why I'm loving doing the Pullmac, um, uh, the Perth Underground Live Music Appreciation Club, uh, Pete Renzullo. Um, he's still admin with me, but because he's so busy, he handed over the reins to me, and I've started doing the Pullmac Song of the Week, and I just absolutely love doing that because um, I'm blessed to know the talent we do have here, and I know many of the musicians personally, and um, through doing my Pullmac um, band of the week. Uh, there's there's people that are hearing great Western Australian bands. That's a really good thing you're doing too. I've been mm. noticing that, and I thought it was a great idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cheers, mate. Well, it's something um, I want to sort of uh, add my own spin and um, trying to get people to interact with the site again, like uh, like it used to be before Pete got so busy doing ten million things and winning awards all over the world. That's uh, that's Pete. One day he's going to land. <laughs> One day he will. <laughs> you know, he'll land and he'll just. But I think this film thing is something that he's really got his teeth in at the moment because for him it's the most expressive it can be. Just ironic because he's got 3% vision. It is, yeah, unbelievable. And But honestly, Joe, I've told many people this. If uh, 
if Pete could see well, I probably wouldn't be in the movie. So, <laughs> and many of us probably wouldn't be, Jai. So it's worked out well, Pete, Mate, only you, having you, 3% You and me like, we've both got heads for radio. <laughs> yeah, we certainly have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's funny you mention that too because my teacher always used to tell me I've got a head for radio, but <laughs> if he seen my head on a feature film, yeah. he'd fall over backwards. <laughs> uh, Suck brilliant. on that, Mr Callamore. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, well, just uh, I've probably told the story on the podcast, but... Just a real good one about Pete is we're doing a gig one day and we're, we're playing and I have told this on the podcast but um, people are going to tune in to listen to you, mate, and they probably haven't heard this story. So Pete Renzullo, the great guy that we both know really well, we're doing a show and next thing you know it's kicked off in front of us and these guys are swinging for the fences and Pete is like here to the guitar away, which is only, what, two and a half metres. And, uh, and anyway, my wife had just come out from Japan and she's sitting down just here to, to the left of the stage and this this blue's starting to get closer and closer to my wife and then I've just gone to Pete I said fucking hold this and I gave him my guitar and I went and wrangled these two clowns and kicked him out of the pub right so oh got all that sorted come back and I got my guitar of Pete and Pete's gone what's going on and I went oh these two dickheads were just having a big punch up in front of us couldn't you see him and he goes no nah, I thought they were dancing <laughs> He couldn't tell. He's playing away, just a big smile on his face. Like, it's just kicking off in front of him and that. And I'm looking at the other bloke that's playing going, well, you know, what's going on here? And then Pete's just like just playing away, oblivious to it all because he can't see much, you know. So Yeah, unbelievable. Thought they were dancing, eh? Thought they were dancing, mate. It was hilarious. Yeah, he's come back and he goes, oh, I thought I was just like getting into the music. Yeah, no, nah, mate, they were uh, getting into each other. So yeah, There you go. No, he's an absolute legend and... Uh... Look, um, in all honesty, like I uh, met so many people, yourself included, Jai, uh, through being a part of Anticipation. Yep. Like I said, uh, through Pete doing what he's done, he has created a magical network of Western Australian musicians, promoters and like-minded people. Well, he's sort of a bit of an unsung hero in WA too because you've got all this wham stuff that goes down and, you know, like people like Bob Gordon and, you know, Cav Tampley and all these, we know they've done a lot great but they've done a lot because they've had a break. But you want to talk about someone who behind the scenes has done fuckload more than any of those bastards and it's Pete Ranzullo and no one has ever turned around and, and sung his praises for it. None of those people that I can mention, whether it be the guys from Gyroscope or the guys from, you know, even Ian Kenny from Carnival, love him, great guy, sings in a band and all that kind of stuff. Has he gone out and won international awards for music, film, casting, directing and all that kind of stuff. And Pete's just still the same bloke, happy to be a dad sitting in his little office, you know, knocking out some of the best shit. The guy's a genius, mate. He really he is. He is a genius. He's very modest and very humble and I think uh, that's part of the reason why he is uh, doing all these incredible things. He's just such an easy character to work with. Yeah, and Amy behind him enables that a lot too. Oh, big time. She, she supports him a lot and she's, yeah. she's amazing. So... Pete couldn't do what he's doing without having Amy in his corner either. And, yeah, they're, they're an amazing couple. He's really definitely are. got a bloody good woman behind him. <laughs> they're, they're a great team, a power couple. Mm. But, look, um, I just quickly want to mention also um, 
I don't know if you know Jai, but uh, my latest project is we've just kicked off um, Western Australia's latest record label. We're an independent record label for independent artists. We're called Broken Alone Records. That's you guys as well. We've just signed right. our very first band. We've signed a band called Suicide Butterfly. Yes. Check them out. They're a phenomenal band. Uh, they're our flagship band on Broken Alone. Can we? Is there a song online we can pinch and play now for it? Oh, 100 percent. Yes. What's, what's your tune that you want to play, mate? We'll uh, we'll have, we'll play it right now for the folks at home. Yeah, I reckon. Um, I reckon burn the day. Burn the day. The latest single. Let's throw it on. So, uh, take it away, Kelvin. Tell tell us a bit about Suicide Butterfly, and let's listen to uh, Burn the Day. Fantastic. Well, Suicide Butterfly have been together for about three years. They're a female-fronted alternative metal band. Um, they've just released their first single and they're playing shows all over the place at the moment. Um, I honestly believe that everybody is going to be hearing this band Suicide Butterfly on airwaves everywhere really soon. And we do have connections in Europe. And like I said, once again, that is our biggest goal, to find bands that we can leapfrog straight out of WA to the European market. And um, before we even signed Suicide Butterfly, we had sent their music to our people that know people in Europe and they believe in this band. So Suicide Butterfly are going to be the next big thing to come out of Western Australia when it comes to alternative music. And this is Burn the Day. Listen to it, folks. Tune your ears into this right now. Enjoy.
time has passed on by What's so good to see your smile Seems like you're living and content You're walking like a man Certainly is. It's I actually had heard it song. before, but it's the first time I heard it through these cans. It was Look, pretty mint. Hey, Joy, um, get along, check out one of their shows. Uh, Ash Fahi, the lead vocalist, is absolutely amazing. She's a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a great band, great people, and like I said, we've broken alone records. Um, we've actually had bands, since we put Broken Alone together, we've had great bands contacting us from all around WA and around Australia. Uh, we've got meetings uh, happening over the next couple of weeks. We're going to have a few more big announcements. But uh, we're hoping to put together a great network, a great roster. We are a support label. So basically we want our artists to have full control over their music. We want to do all the shit that they don't enjoy doing so they can continue to create and have the freedom to play the music that they want to. Do you want to manage Kabashi as well? <laughs> hey, mate, we can definitely talk business. But look, speaking of Kabashi, uh, through Broken Alone... Um, we're, at, we're actually just putting together a compilation album. We're going to be printing 500 copies of it and we're going to be sending it out to record labels, music magazines, radio stations, promoters all around Australia and all around the globe. We have some good contacts. That is our goal. This is solely an exposure and promotional CD. So I'd love to have you boys on there if you're interested. I'll send you all the details after the podcast. Hey, we'll talk. I'll uh, I'll be more than happy to uh, help out. And as I said, anything that comes from it, I'd love to put straight back into what you're doing, mate, because that's one thing I've, I've been doing lately is that, look, we, we're at an age now where we're all well, we're doing well, I've got a great job, the boys have got good good jobs. We we play music because it's it's what we love. And we're at that age now where we're not trying to make it but we love still making the music and we just want to play now and then, you know, and uh, stick it to the man, you know what I mean? We just love to play. So we're, we're sort of, if anyone's listening out there, I want Kabashi on there, Bill, everything that gets made by Kabashi on that night. So if you split your bill so many ways, whoever put the show on or whoever the lead band is, you put it back in your pocket, that's from us to you and that's our way of giving back a little bit as well. So that's all we can really do, you know. Like, um, But, mate, yeah, I'd love to, any way we can help, any way Stacks can help, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk later about even just... We we'll, certainly will. We'll, and, and we'll work some stuff out where I can even just, like, advertise for you. And as I said, just totally to support what you're doing. Talk about it more on the podcast. And that's what it is, isn't it? It's all this networking and getting everything going. And Oh, definitely, mate, yeah. definitely. And look, um, seeing as we're talking about Kabashi, uh, we mentioned this earlier. Um, I'm going to make the official announcement here because I haven't made it official to the to all the listeners yet, but Stop the Violence 7 is locked in. 
for Saturday the 13th of June next year at the Burlington. 30 bands uh, on three stages. Massive. I'd love to lock you guys in to play that show. Consider it done, my friend. We are more than happy. We're, we're, we're pumped already. And there's an, a couple of other announcements I'd like. So we've got Kabashi, Nine, Suicide Butterfly, Fields and Christ Dismembered coming all the way from South Australia. Locked in for Stop the Violence 7 next year. Wicked. Wicked. Kelvin, it's, uh, that's awesome, mate. Thank you very much. Mate, um, are you a muso yourself? <laughs> I, I, I've been meaning to ask that from the day I met you and I, I keep forgetting about it. But it... I'm glad you asked this question. Look, man, um, I've, been, uh, um, I've been a struggling musician from the time I was 13 years old. Me and a couple of my good friends at school put together a band called the Decapitated Chooks. <laughs> we only ever played one show and it was when uh, our science class was actually studying noise pollution, so make of that what you will. But, look, um, I always struggled. Look, I, I, from a young age I noticed that I always had really talented musicians around me. Like, uh, talented musicians were drawn to me. So I've played in several bands. I started in the Decapitated Chooks. I was in a band called Sweetbread, Tranquility Denied, Elf Maiden, uh, leading up to Inner Sanatorium, who I am part of now. I like that name. Cheers, mate. Yeah, I'll talk a bit more about Inner Sanatorium in a minute because that's um, the latest project that I am a part of. But look... um, uh, basically, I've never had the the focus and the dedication that my friends have had to really learn their craft. So I've been the driving force behind a lot of these bands, but it was also my lack of talent, which was the demise of these bands, you know? But in saying that too, you need people like yourself. 100%. You, you, you're an important part of the machine, you know, like even the people that just turn up to gigs, they're, they're all part of the machine and without it, and all the parts, it just doesn't work, you know? So, exactly. Right. And yeah. I, I'm a bass player. Like in Decapitated Chooks, I was the vocalist. In uh, Elf Maiden, Sweetbread, Trank, Tranquility Denied, I was a bass player. So I can plug away on the bass. Awesome. I'm part of Inner Sanatorium now. I'm the founding member of Inner Sanatorium. I put this band together about 12 months ago. Um, when I was doing my Stop the Violence shows, I noticed that a lot of bands that I was booking, especially the metal bands, would play my show and then break up like three or four days later. So I started to feel guilty, like there's a bit of a jinx there. So I rounded up all these musicians from these fallen bands that had played my shows and then broken up and decided to put together the Inner Sanatorium Collective. So is there a chance of these guys getting together for this show next year? Oh, they're, they're going to be on there 100%. <laughs> awesome. We, we, played, we played Stop the Violence 6 wicked. last year. So oh, when we put the band together, basically um, it was a collaborative band. Yep. I put together about 25 musicians from all around WA, uh, all musicians that wouldn't normally work together. And to start with, each song had a different vocalist and different guitarist combination. And basically that's how we've worked for like the 12 months. But um, it just got too hairy because it's gotten to the point now where we started getting gigs. We're getting gig offers. We're about to play our fourth gig. We're opening up for a band coming over from Melbourne. We've only released one song, so we had to cut the collective down. And now there's five of us. We're a solid band. Uh, we've been in the studio um, last weekend doing the drum tracks. We're going to have our next single, Accelerated Oblivion, released in about two or three weeks' time. But we will be playing with you guys on my show next awesome. year in Bunbury. Awesome. Look forward to it. It'll be uh, it'll be cool. Mate, Bunbury's a bit of a uh, 
I don't know. It's it's it kind of reminds me a bit of home where I grew up in Newcastle, New South Wales, which is north of Sydney, and um, Bunbury reminds me a lot of home. Just the type of people. It's kind of very earthy. People say Bogany, which is kind of where I'm from. You know, it's kind yeah. of, and that's home for me. You know, and uh, we've got the sixty thirty down the road too, which is so so home. But I know it's a trek, but. Bring your guys up, mate. Come play up with us up here one night or something, you know. Or we'll, cool, we'll, man. We'll always come down to you as well and plan anything down that way as well. We're more than glad to do that. And, mate, bunk up. I'll, I'll clean up this up, make floor space, lay the swags out, mate, and you can all come up and camp the night. And, oh, that sounds mate, like a plan, John. Yeah, make a night of it, mate, and uh, camp in the uh, in the dojo. That's the name of the, the studio, the dojo. Good stuff. Yeah, and I've got, got to speak. What, the dojo, is that what you call it? Yeah, call it. The, yeah, because... Yeah. Uh, we, we filmed this series of um, just stupidity stuff in here about like musical martial arts and how to protect yourself when you're it's just it's just piss take. Um, and we started doing that. And then I really hadn't it used to be the rock garage when I had the, the big studios in Joondalup, but I've never really named this one. And then one day, because my wife's Japanese and Kabashi, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's Japanese, so I went. Well, the studio's got to be the dojo. So. Awesome, mate. <laughs> hey, look, for anybody that hasn't been out here, if you get the chance, uh, come along and do a podcast with Jai. This place is absolutely amazing. It's a great setup, bit of a trek, but uh, we're absolutely stoked that we come out here. Mate, we'll lay it on. Usually I've got like a barbie going. It just depends on what's happening, but yeah. feed, beers, you know what I mean, relax, <laughs> sit back, and then we cut cut a good podcast and oh, it's bloody, get, get to know a bit about you. It's really good. And like I said, I'm, I'm, as you can probably tell now, um, uh, starting to open up a little bit more comfortable, like for the first bloody 20 minutes or so, like I was shitting myself. Look, I work on radio. I'm usually the guy doing the interviews. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, and as you can imagine, just from some of the stuff I've touched on, uh, there's so much sort of going on in my life at the moment that um, it's been hard to sort of tie it all together in one podcast. So I'm glad that we've been able to do it and hopefully... Um, the information is coming uh, across to the listeners loud and clear. Well, we're not 100% done because I've got a few questions now. It's a bit of, we're going to go on a bit of question time. I'm okay, gonna, I'm going to cool. do some probing. So, Sweet. Uh, the first one is, what's your passion outside of music? What's something else that you absolutely love doing? Um, well, look, uh, Joy, um, you know, like uh, my heart works really well, whereas my head not so much. So my passion is is helping people. Look, I'm also a qualified counsellor and yep. eventually I want to kick off Wings of Change. Cool. Um, my passion lies with um, suicide prevention, intervention and basically just um, checking on people, making sure people are okay, putting a smile on people's face. Like um, I know it sounds um, a bit cliche but my passion is really helping people. That's awesome. Mm. It's one Once again, it's... We need people like you to, for the for the machine because uh, the world's full of a lot of selfish bastards, I can tell you that. Oh, big time, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's one thing that I'm not and uh, it's why I've been lucky enough to get to where I have in the music scene because I do things for the right reason. You're great to talk to, mate. So yeah. if anyone out there ever just wants a good old yarn, get hold of Kelvin. and just uh, have yeah. a Have a good yarn because... Uh, and, and, and that's one thing that's disappearing these days. I went out last night for dinner with my wife and my, my child and sat down and, and three out of about eight tables had the mum, the dad, the kids and the kids were on the iPads, mum and dad were on the phone. And the art of conversation is disappearing. It's 
It certainly is. It's, I, lo- I love to have a talk, but look, um, that, that's that's what it's all about. Um, yeah, I love all of you all. <laughs> yeah. All right. The next question is uh, outside of outside of music. Obviously, your passion is helping people. Have we always go down a path of just strange stuff? What's something weird that's that's happened? Have you ever been at, like looked up at the night sky and seen something that wasn't quite right? Or, or in your whole life, is have you ever? Seen or experienced something that that's always been hard to explain, you know. Like, uh, <coughs> okay, for an example, I woke up one night and I I never met my auntie, but I had this lady sitting on the end of the bed. Yeah, and she went, Shh, "It's all right, go back to bed." And she was in a like a navy uniform, and I went out to my mum, and I was only three years old, but I, I still remember this. And mum tells me the story. Went out and I said, "Mum." There was a lady at the end of my bed in a Navy uniform. She said, oh, your auntie Jeanette was in the Navy. Wow. And she was killed in a car accident when she was 20. And I never met her, and this was years on, and I had no idea. And That's incredible. Yeah, and, and it's like, well, how did, you know, was it, but I, I mean. Look, I have got something for you, Joe. Yeah, so, like, um, so something I've, down those lines, I'd love I've to actually, hear it. I've lived a really strange, wacky life. There's been a lot of things um, that I could probably pinpoint for this answer, but something that stands out more than most is... Um, when I was about 13 years old, I met two brothers in Yarloop. Um, I was staying at a mate of mine and we are having a few beers. It's sort of like a like kids being kids sort of thing, you know. And uh, these two brothers, I'd only just met them. Um, and my friend um, was with us. We decided to do a Ouija board. Uh, the two brothers wanted to do a seance. They wanted to set up a Ouija board. My friend sort of freaked out a bit and he went home. He said, nah, screw this, I'm out of here. So I was sitting there with these two brothers that had only just met me that night, knew nothing about me, knew nothing about my family. I didn't really believe in uh, Ouija boards and seances and this sort of stuff, so I went along with it. And um, basically we had the cup there and we're talking to a few so-called spirits. I still wasn't really believing uh, what was going on. And then um, just before we finished up, there was apparently a spirit in the cup um, and they believed it to be my uncle and I, my ears started to perk up because these guys didn't know me, didn't know nothing about my family or my uncle or anything that had gone on um, outside of that night and basically um, asked him a few questions. It was just blasé answers and I sort of brushed it off a bit but before um, the spirit left the glass, one of these brothers asked if there was anything that my uncle would like to tell me before he left. And slowly the glass went to the letters that read out, never ride motorbikes. And my uncle had been killed in a motorbike accident, a tragic motorbike accident. Um, I freaked out um, to the point where I got really emotional, got mum to come pick me up. She was still really struggling with her brother's death. Yeah. How how old were you here again? I was only about 13, nearly 14, I think. But look, when when I got back to um, mum's place, I was so sure that this was Uncle Rodney that I was talking to, that I'd set up a Ouija board at home because I wanted mum to to talk to her brother again. And, of course, mum freaked out and I realised what I'd done. But the point is that um, it's just really made me believe. But uh, the point of the story is, Jai, I have never rode motorbikes. I'm shit scared around bikes. I've got a lot of friends that do ride motorbikes and uh, they often ask me to come riding. 
So to all you guys that are listening that probably haven't heard that story before, you know yeah, now no, why I don't come <laughs> so, yeah, riding. I wonder why so. he doesn't want to come on the bike. Yeah, so there you go. That's a bit uh, a bit weird. Well, yeah. I had a friend that used to call motorbike riders temporary citizens. <laughs> uh, it was a bit harsh. There you go. <clears throat> yeah, and then he um, he used to call people riding push bikes on the road extreme temporary citizens. Uh, yeah, look, I, I mean, I've, I grew up in an area where everyone was seen to ride bikes. The same deal, mate, that... The amount of fellas that I knew that come off them and come and go. My uncles are both bike riders, like Harleys, all their lives, and one's missing a leg and the other one's missing a hand, and yeah, bloody come off how many times, and you know, and and it's not always them, you know. It's like, Dead right. But you're right. If that, if I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like that movie Emmerdville Horror. I remember uh, Eddie Murphy once in one of his comedy shows, like. And motherfucking family hearing shit saying, get out. You get the fuck out of the house. So, yeah, if, you, if you're getting something on the Ouija board saying, oh, big don't, time. don't ride motorbikes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, fuck riding motorbikes. Oh, yeah. 100%. Fuck motorbikes. And it's sort of, um, it's one of those things that just can't be explained, you know. <laughs> but but it's, it's one thing that happened so many moons ago and it's actually it has affected my life because I don't ride motorbikes because of that moment. So there you go, Jai. Awesome, man, awesome. All right, here's another one for you. Kelvin, where do you want to be in 10 years' time, mate? What do you want to do? I think I think I've got an idea. I think it's down the lines of your you like this promotion and the radio thing. Is that sort of where where you see your future in the Oh one hundred percent, Joe. Look, um I mentioned it earlier on. Uh look, uh one of my biggest um inspirations is Molly Meldrum. And um, you know, Molly's done a lot for Australian music on a global scale. And look, man, I want to continue to do what I do. I want to promote music. I want to really kick this record label off. I'm hoping that we get the support. And once Radio Mush kicks off at the end of the year, along with Planet Perth, our sister radio station, um, it's all going to be happening. And that's what I want to be doing. I want to be leapfrogging bands out of WA to the rest of the world. So in 10 years, I want to be travelling the world watching all of these bands that I've helped get there. Where are you going to be cutting the radio stuff from? Where, whereabouts is that happening? Well, for the first time, I'm going to be um, I'm setting up my home studio as we speak. Awesome. Um, I've got the opportunity to come to Perth every weekend and do it if need be. Yep. But I work. I've got so much going on, so I'm setting up my home studio. I will be doing a Global Metal Machine on Radio Mush live from my home studio. So sort of what you're doing with the podcast. I won't have far to travel home afterwards. Nah, mate, it's... Uh... Very handy. Yeah, and look, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there too, Jai, uh, 10 years' time. Look, uh, I'm so busy all the bloody time that um, I often put myself dead last. Yep. Um, I want to find some time down the track to sort of um, travel a bit and meet a nice lady. Awesome. Um, my daughter's 19 now. Like, I'm going to be a grandfather down the track. I know this, but look, man, um, I'd love to have a couple more kids down the track, so I'd, I'd really like to start finding some time to start putting myself and, and first. Mate, do, and do um, that. I'm, yeah. I'm massively into Pete about slow down, spend some more time with the family. 100%. That at the end of the day. Mm. And it's hard to take people's passions yes. and put them on ice, but it's. But yeah, I, I do implore for you to do to do just that. And I was just about to say that. I hope I hope because it, it seems like you're doing all this for. You know, maybe sort of we all get together and throw your bone and send you somewhere on holiday or something. I'm, I'm sure that'd be quite nice as well because of what you're doing for people. You know, and Karma's a 
Karma's a bitch at times, but karma can also be pretty cool. So hopefully, one hundred percent. Hopefully, it all comes back a bit. You know? and look, I've just quickly got to add on that. Uh, thanks for those really kind words. But um, as I touched on earlier, I didn't go too much into it. Um, but yeah, uh, to live a twenty tw- near on twenty five year life of um violence, jail, rehab. Hospital nervous breakdowns. My parents didn't know when they were going to get that call, but they got to the point where they knew they were going to get that call eventually. Um, I've gotten to a point, look, I've been, I've got to say this live on the air through this podcast, look, I've been nearly nearly four years charge-free now and nearly three years drug-free. Um, I'm absolutely uh, really bloody happy, but the reason why I do what I do, it's a little bit like a My Name Is Earl moment, Jai, like... You know, when you've done a lot of dark stuff, I'm not a bad person, you know, but I have done a lot of bad shit. Um, doing this stuff in my life, you know, like I bounce out of the bed. I love putting I, I love putting smiles on people's face and I've gotten to the point where I've, I've got self-love for myself again. I can look in the mirror. I'm proud of who I see and that is why I do what I do, Jai. Mate, I'm, I'm proud of you hearing your story and then, you know, knowing you're working away, chipping away, but you've still got your goals and all that as well. And look, to be honest... That's really good for you too, to have that each day you're waking up and you've got a, the jobs on. Mm. I, I think that in itself is probably the best drug you can have is to have that 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 want and need and then to have those small wins is really important for... Uh, I mean, that all gets back, as you said, back to mental health and, and it's something that it, it's such a... Uh, Sometimes I think mental health is a bit overdone when it's not necessary, but then other times when it's at most necessary, it's underdone. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, but I mean, you're, you're a bloke, you know, and you've been through so much and to have all these, these things ahead of you that you want to do. And the thing is they're attainable. They are. They're attainable and you're doing it. You're actually going out and you're doing it. And Mate, I, I wish you the best. I, I love hearing it. I've, I've got some good friends. I had a guy on the podcast, Dobbo, that was – he'd been to Bali and done, you know, four years in Caribbean and he was on the podcast too. Great story and now he's just doing such good things and you do – you can, everyone fucks up, you know, and and to come out of it and to, to sort of find your way, it, it, as you said, you're blessed, mate. And not only blessed, you, you got yourself to – to pat on the back because thanks, Joe. That, you know, that like obviously means the world. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't just shit just doesn't happen, mate. I'm, I'm going to break your balls here. Like, it doesn't just fucking fall into place. You have to work. You have to work for it, and you're obviously out doing that. And you, you, you know, you, you're a good bloke. You talk well. Things will work out for you, providing you want them to. Exactly right. You exactly know? bloody right, Joe. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, and if, if shit goes bad, you got to check yourself. And, Check and yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> get back on it and just, yeah, keep yeah. chipping forward. And, and uh, I'll say that to everyone out there too. Look, we all fuck up. We all do some stupid shit. I do it regularly too. And then I sort of the next day I'm going, oh, Christ. You know, for me, I could do some crazy shit when I've been out on the drink if I drink too much. Yeah, and I get yeah. back and go, oh, fuck, what do I do the next day? But the way to get over it is to sort of Pick yourself up, make your apologies, try and learn from it, you know. And you know, it's been a it's been a tough gig for me with that as well. But yeah, yeah. the thing is that you know, because you've got things to lose. And no, nah, mate, I'm really proud of you. I'm, I'm proud. Listen, when you're uh, when you were in the clink, where were you? Were you at Casarina or? I was in. Uh, I went. I uh, started in Bunbury Regional Prison. Yep. 
Um, I'd done a stint in Casuarina, Acacia. I sort of travelled all over the joint. Uh, the reason why I did that is, um, and I'm really proud to say this too, and meeting Dino was a big part of it. Our desire to turn our lives around. I made sure I pushed to transfer to every prison I could around WA to do different courses, um, anger management courses, building better relationships courses, um, uh, violence treatment programs, um, um, moving on from dependencies. And you I, took it all on board. I obviously. took it all on board and um, I, I t everything that... I actually am probably one of the few people that utilised the prison system and... All of those things that I'd done by utilising the system and rehabilitating myself, I have taken into my future life. And I take those things with me every bloody day. So, look, I'm going to put it right here on your podcast, man, that, um, look, prison's not a bad thing. If you end up in prison, you use it to the best of your ability. If you just sit there and waste time, you're only going to get out and you're going to make the same mistakes. But if you do end up in that situation, utilise it and going to prison is probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me because it saved my life. Well, I've done a bit of work in prisons, mate, and um, what you're saying is exactly right. And I've, I've worked in some regional prisons and... Exactly that. It's a great opportunity to – and that's everything is there for you. It's a great opportunity to – providing, you know, you've got a date, you know, where you look forward to some fellas aren't getting out. So, yeah. you know, they just – they pull out the oh, fuck it card. Um, but the, the, they provide some great facilities in order for you to, to get on the front foot again and, you know, to get back out there and, and have a crack and sort of, you know and, – and a lot of people nowadays are actually really supportive – of people on the outside too. Like back in the day, it was like, had you been locked up, all of a sudden you were tarred with one this brush and no one really give you a crack. But now they they know that, you know, people make mistakes and society in general is much better with people that have, you know, that have been sort of in. So I think in this day and age, um, it's not as taboo anymore and that's what it's all about. Communication is the key. Yeah. And uh, having podcasts like yours, Joy, is a big part of that because we can openly talk. We know we've got an audience, we've got listeners, but we can openly talk about some of the hard-hitting situations where if I was on radio or something like that, a lot of it's heavily edited. So oh, this exactly. is great. This is great. It's almost been like a counselling session, well, there's Joy. Actually, there's actually... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run a few names by you. Um, okay. Before, not now, like, I won't do it on the podcast, but when we're finished, yeah, I've got a couple of good mates that I reckon you've crossed paths with. Righty, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll run, I'll run a by and just uh, so, oh, yeah, it'll be cool. Cool. But, um, mate, look, before we wrap it up, because I know you've got the little fella out there and we don't want to keep you all night, you've got a long way to go. Um, you, uh, you, you, as I said, we all know you're doing massive things. Anticipation was a cracker. I loved your role in it. What was your character's name? Andrew Devlick. Andrew Devlick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right, because you were going to be a DJ. Well, you were. Are you a DJ? No, you're not in the... I am a radio DJ. I, I do the radio... I do the radio scene at the end of the film. Yeah. There's two radio DJs well, in the no, film. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Matt Cowles, the other Matt one. Matt Cowles, the other one. Right. I, do, I, do, I'm the ra I do the radio scene right at the end where they play Steady Hands. Right. Yeah. Right, and I love, I love that. One. I love the you, whole. You better cut that bit, Joy. You obviously haven't seen the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, the, the, um, the, yeah, that's right. The, uh, I tell you, that was dark, wasn't it? But it the, was. um, that that bit you talk about the railway line scene, mm. that clincher at the end of that, just absolutely, that made the movie for me. I went, that is fucking brilliant, and we're doing so well not to give it away, but you'll see what we mean. There's a whole thing about that railway track that's just. 
Absolutely brilliant, Pete Renzula. You're, you're magnificent. Um, mate, so you've got that. You've got everything else going on. Pretty pretty stoked, actually, have you, Kelvin? Um, look forward to doing this, uh, the, the stuff with you and that, you know, like, and, and the stop the violence things, mate, which is absolutely great. I think... Um, I think you're going to do well, mate. I'd love to get you back sometime and bring in a couple of... Cr- let's get Suicide Butterfly up here. Hey, look, let's do that. Big shout-out to the guys in get Suicide Butterfly. I think I've been talking to Ash online. Yeah, yeah, look, we'll get him up here. Um, honestly, um, I'd love to get Suicide Butterfly to come along and I'd also like to get um, some members from Inner Sanatorium up here sometime. Absolutely, so. mate, yeah. But, look, um, before we um, uh, before we finish off, is it OK if I just um, I give a couple of what I'm doing? Mate, go nuts. Yeah. It's, uh, Sweet as I first It's your all, platform, mate. Yeah. I just want to um, thank Janine Quick and everybody at Harvey Community Radio. Janine Quick, uh, she was one of the people that were bailing me and Dino out of prison and sort of she was there when nobody else was and um, she was also the reason why we ended up on Harvey Community Radio. Janine, I know it's really hit you hard since uh, we lost Dino. Um, We love you and uh, we, and especially me, would not be where I am without you, so thanks for your support. My mum, Peter Whitwell... Big shout-out to you. Um, I mentioned Mum earlier on. I've just got to give her a shout-out. What I didn't mention is Mum and Janine, uh, they're my doorman at all my shows. And <laughs> it's gotten to the point where a lot of crew really um, have built such good rapport with uh, with Mum and, and Janine. Um, if they come along and Mum and Janine aren't anywhere to be seen, they're like, where are the two old ducks on the door, you know? Where are they, you know? like, And... Um, yeah, so, so my mum has been a real big part of everything that I do. So, But look, I support Broken Alone Records. Ryan Pierce, who's my partner in that, uh, we're going to be doing some really good things over the next couple of years. We wholeheartedly want to support West Australian music. Drop us an email. Drop us a personal message and um, we'll do our best to support you guys. Does Ryan have studios at... Uh, Savage Studios? At... Osborne Park? No, no, no. Ryan's got Savage Studio down in Bunbury. Got it. Yeah, but he's my partner in uh, Broken Alone uh, and also uh, in my band, in a Sanatorium. Me yep. and Ryan do a lot of stuff together. Big shout-out to him. Awesome. But, look, Mush Radio, uh, Nessa Wake and all the crew at Mush, thank you for giving me another chance. Radio is where my heart is. 2020, we will be kicking it off again. Now, before you go, or before you go on to the next thing, quickly give me your top couple of bands that you've seen lately live because you've been out and doing it. Um, who's blown your doors off lately? I've seen the great things you wrote about Matty Horton. That film clip was pretty cool. Hey, look, um, oh, man, where do I start when it comes to West Australian music? I'm going to say Suicide Butterfly, Commander Panda, Childlike Empress, Beer Fridge, you can't beat bloody Beer Fridge, <laughs> Dying Degree, Chimera, all this filth. The list goes on and on and on. But I've got to say, hands down, the band that blows my mind, who else would it be? Suicide Butterfly. Check them out. <laughs> But look, Joy, thank you to you and Stax for having me. And um, before you do your little finishing off spiel, I just want to finish with something that I start all my episodes of Global Metal Machine with and I finish every show with. I don't know if you've heard it, uh, Joy, but this is a little thing, a little saying that I put together and it helped me get through some of my darkest days and it's sort of like my prayer. Prayer. So it's better to light one candle a day than to curse the darkness. 
Although sometimes you've got to look straight into the darkness to see the stars. And I've forgotten the next bit. <laughs> Fuck! Where are you, Mook? <laughs> oh, no, because what I've done, oh, yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> I fucked up because... Mate, I do it all the time. Oh, man, I had like a full mental blank, so let me start again. It's better to light one candle a day than to curse the darkness, although sometimes you've got to look straight head on into the darkness to see the stars. And when you finally see the stars, they will shine brightly. Don't let your nightmares from your past destroy your dreams for the future. Thanks, Jai. Mate, that was brilliant. Thank you very much. We've just had Kelvin Will in. I'll tell you what, you're going to see more of him. Check out Radio Mush when it's on. Where are we going to find it? How are we? It's, um, it's going to be, it's, to, be in a podcast format? Yeah, we're going to have all that. We're setting up the web page as we speak. That should be uh, public over the next week or two. Yep. And uh, Facebook, all the social media outlets, just check out Radio Mush. Okay, so uh, if you don't go through Kelvin, look out Radio Mush and spell Mush for us. M double O S H. Moosh. Radio Moosh. So Radio Moosh on Facebook. Um, even if you throw WA in there, it also helps locate it. So you've got Radio Moosh to look at. You've got to check out Suicide Butterfly. We listened earlier to a song called Burn the Day. Burn the Day. What a cracking tune. And we've also uh, touched on some of the things coming up. We've also got the Stop the Violence coming up in June next year. Uh, Saturday, June the 13th next and year in we'll Bunbury. Definitely get Kelvin back before that so we can talk about who's on the bill, what's coming up, where it's at, what's happening, uh, so we can tell all the folks at home about that. Mate, really good having a chat. You've, mate, you're just so full of information and so much, so much uh, knowledge about the area. And, mate... We've got to get down to Bunbury and come and hang out. For sure, and, anytime. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, definitely throw some on. Prince of Wales, still the place to play down there, or is there better joints now? Uh, look, uh, the Burley's where it's at. Stop the violence. Is Burley on the, the one on the beach? Uh, the, the Burley's on the main street, but look, uh, the Prince is a good venue, yep. but the Burley is the only one in the southwest that it's that's equipped for 30 bands. I'm so, trying, look, I'm trying to think of where the, the Burlington Hotel is the live music venue in Bunbury, and that's my opinion. I played down there at some place where there was a stage and then you had this big loft up the top and it was a bit of a nightclub. Oh, that would have been Odyssey back in the day. Probably Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. mate, that was going back a while. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a good venue, actually. Cool, but look, keep supporting West Australian music. We are very blessed to be part of this scene. Jai loves doing what he's doing. You can tell that the passion's there. That's why I've enjoyed being a guest. But, look, big thank you to Jai. Good on you, mate. And uh, support Stacks all the way. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Just remember this is Stacks 44. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, go back. We've, uh, last week we had the boys in here from This Is Spud Gun. Very interesting. Those boys do know how to have fun. And you can just go back. We've got just about everyone who is anyone in the music scene here on Stacks learning all about what they're into, what makes them laugh, what makes them tick, and what freaks them the fuck out. This has been Stacks 44 with Kelvin Whitwell. I'm Jai Deeg. We are out. Fuck it, hell man. I nearly had like I nearly had an anxiety attack mid-interview. I started sweating and shit, bro.